Welcome to another Abiding Thought. Uh, today I want to look at three verses out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll read verses uh, 8 through 10. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's, I know that's, we're just kind of taking a, a chunk out of the middle of uh, a lot of what Paul is addressing in that, that um, in, in this fifth chapter, the things that go before it as well as the things that go after it. But just in those verses, I, I wanted to single out those verses because to me, in those verses, in those three verses, Paul really kind of uh, categorizes or gives an overarching view of the constituent parts of the Christian life that will be ours until the Lord calls us home. So I just want to highlight five things here that are, are constituent to what it means to be a Christian in this world. Number one, he reminds us of what we were. He says, we, we were darkness. Now he articulates that in greater detail in chapter two, talking about uh, what it means to be dead in trespasses and sins. But I think that's something that's uh, critical for us to remember, that as long as we are in this world, the memory, the impact of our being originally in a state of darkness can never, never be diminished nor forgotten. The reason we struggle with the issues that we struggle with in the flesh is because of our history and heritage in darkness. So darkness is what we were. Uh, we often talk about uh, the ministry of Mockingbird, Mockingbird Ministries, where they have, I think one of the most, the healthiest thing that we get from them is their reminder of, of what it means to have an appropriate anthropology. And they're always pushing back against Christians or those who are outside of the Christian camp with too high of an anthropology. And by that, what we mean is a view of man that does not take into consideration our fallen state. Uh, our fallen state, granted, we are no longer fallen, but we can't forget that we are naturally in our fallen state, children of darkness. And the reason that's always healthy to remember in going forth is because the residue of darkness remains in us. Remember, our righteousness is righteousness that's credited to us. It's not native to us. So therefore, as an explanation for the issues of life that we struggle with, uh, an explanation for the things that we do, as Paul says in Romans, uh, when we would do right and we find ourselves not doing right, not as an excuse, but as an explanation, we should never forget our history and heritage with darkness. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We have more experience in being in darkness than we do in light because that's our everyday native experience. We were darkness. That's what we were. 
But a second thing for us to remember as Christians going forward, and this is always going to be something that will be with us, is what we are now. Paul says we were darkness, but now, and there are two parts here, he says we are light. But he says we are light in the Lord. Now, those, in fact, three things, we can layer it, layer it in a threefold manner. Number one, we are now light. That's what we are. Our darkness is our native heritage. But by virtue of our, our position in Christ, we are light. And um, our podcast, Saints and Sinners Unplugged, we are simoustas et peccator. We are at the same time just and sinners. We were darkness by virtue of our fallen state. We are now light, and we can't forget that. So the first layer of that, we are light. God sees us as being light. But secondly, we are light in the Lord. The reason we are light is not because of our inner virtue. It's not because we've become better people. But we are light by virtue of our union with Christ. And because he is the light of the world, we in him and through him are light. Just as the righteousness of Christ is credited to us, the light that is Christ is also our light. So we are light in spite of our dark past. We are light and our darkness, our native, the, the residue of our darkness is always at battle with the fact that we are now light. But we are light because of our union with Christ. If we are, as, as Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. But in him, we are everything that God has required us to be. But here's the third thing. We are light because of our union with Christ. And therefore, a third layer to that is that is an abiding fact until we are home. It is our, our being light is an irreversible condition because our light is found in Christ. So we can't forget that. So again, two statements that we've seen so far that are constituent parts of our ongoing journey, our what it means to be Christians in this world until the Lord calls us home. We can never forget that we were darkness. The residue of darkness remains, but we are now light and we are light in the Lord. And because we are in the Lord, that's an irreversible position. Even when we feel to be in our darkest moments, even when we act contrary to the light that we are, we are still light in the Lord. Which brings us to a third thing. Paul reminds us also of what our calling is as, as children of light, uh, as those who are light in the Lord. And our calling is that we are to walk as children of light. That's, that's what our calling is, to walk as children of light. We're not um, going to focus on all of the things that that involves, but, but certainly it's we are to walk no longer and this is part of his reasoning in chapter four, we're no longer to walk according to the patterns and according to the view of the world that we had when we were in darkness. We're now children of light. 
our darkness remains. The memory of our darkness remains. In fact, there is a muscle memory of darkness in our, in our, in our nature that we have to fight against. And so we can't overlook the fact that darkness is in our history. And if we are not conscientious about it, we will still end up walking and speaking as if we're still children of darkness, but we're not. So our calling then, and that takes into consideration the strength of the remaining, of, of remaining sin. The very call to walk as children of light uh, for those who were in darkness, it is a reminder that walking in light is to be a conscious and intentional engagement. And it is to, it's a reminder that the truth of the matter is we're not always going to walk as children of light. Uh, we're not always going to feel like it. And there are any number of reasons that will cause us to respond according to our darkness rather than according to uh, our light. Uh, and children or parents who have adult children or just children, period, you'll recognize this, that when the child does something that's good, each parent wants to say it's because of what they've inherited from them. And then when the child does something that's not good, each parent wants to say they inherited it from the other side. Well, we have inherited from nature a darkness that remains, even though Christ has delivered us from that darkness. And there are going to be times when we act more like that parent, that, that head, that spiritual head, Adam, then we will act like Christ, who is our, our ruling, reigning spiritual head. And so the challenge of the Christian life, the call of the Christian life, is to walk as children of dark, of, of light, because we are conscious of the darkness that lies in our heritage. But then there's a fourth thing that Paul alludes to um, that I think is, is, again, part of the Christian life, and that is what actually constitutes the dynamics of Christians walking in the light. And the dynamics of it, really, to boil it down, it comes, it comes down to this, recognizing and consciously pursuing what is good, what is right, and what is true. So all of the other you know, all of the other lists of what it means to be a Christian, ultimately what it means to be a Christian as those who have been called out of darkness, as Peter says, into his marvelous light, as those who have the light of Christ credited to them in an irreversible position with the Father, what does it mean to walk as children of light? It means to recognize that life under the sun, we are to consciously pursue what is good, what is right, and what is true. True, first, we certainly, certainly we, we, we mean the truth that is conveyed to us in the gospel, but part of the fallen condition, and part of what it means to live in a, in, under the sun, is to have truth challenged. What's right? In fact, if we look at this, good as opposed to bad, in a moral sense, in a physical sense, in a spiritual sense, right 
as opposed to what is wrong. Again, morally, spiritually, etc. True in an absolute sense, in an absolute and objective sense. So if we look at the, the opposite of each of these things, what is not good, what is not right, and what is not true resonates with our fallen, dark history. So therefore, as children who have, who have as children of light, we have now been brought into union with Christ so we can know what really is good and we can know what really is right and we can know what's really true. And the knowledge of these things is a result of our being awakened, illumined by the Holy Spirit and the Christian life, whatever else we engage in, our church activities, our mission, our evangelism, our daily living consists in recognizing and consciously pursuing what's good, what's right, and what's true. And brothers and sisters, I'll tell you this. If you don't go to the foreign mission fields, if you never take a public po uh, platform and shout it from the rooftops that Jesus is Lord, the place in which you will find resistance from yourself and resistance from the God of this world is in the pursuit of these three things. You don't have to put yourself in harm's way by going to the uttermost parts of the world and finding out the darkness and the forces of darkness that are at work in this world. If you want to experience, and you don't really want to experience it, the point being is as we are exposed to what is good, what is right, and what is true by virtue of our union with Christ, the conscious pursuit of these things is where we will encounter spiritual warfare. It can be in a family situation. It could be on your job. It could be even as you wrestle with yourself in, the, in, in things that you set out to do or not to do. As we consciously recognize what is good, what is right, and what is true, and govern our behavior according to that, that's, that's, that's spiritual warfare. That's where your challenge is going to come in. In fact, that's when your fallen nature is going to kick in and, and want to compromise for whatever reason. Because being, being pursuing these things in certain environments, it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be comfortable. And I don't just mean because the world is against it. No, you're going to find that some people that you actually have so many other things in common with, some people that you are in fellowship with in certain contexts, they are upholding something that's not true. And if you understand what is true, then you will have to draw a line in the context of that relationship on that particular issue. You may find yourself in situations where good is, is, not, is, is downplayed and what's not good 
in all of the senses, uh, senses in which we said it, when what is not good is the order of the day. And more importantly, that which is not good, that which is not right, and that which is not true, still appeals to the darkness that remains in you. This is, this is where the spiritual, this is where not only spiritual warfare takes place, this is where the Christian life, this is how the Christian life is played out on a daily basis. But here's the fifth and final thing that Paul kind of touches on here, and that, that is the motive for our pursuit of what is good, what is right, what is true. Here is the motive for us wanting to walk as children of light so that we would do what is pleasing to God. We consciously seek to please God who is our Father. And I say this at, at, at one level because, so that we are reminded that pursuing what is good, what is right, and what is true is not our pathway to the Father. Pursuing what is good, what is right, and true is not the way we become children of light. We become children of light by God's grace. And as he brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light, we are able to discern light from darkness. And we can consciously continue to walk in darkness to whatever degree, or we can consciously pursue to walk in the light. But the overall overarching reason, the overarching motive for us to walk as children of light and not as darkness, that we don't partner with the people of darkness, is because at the bottom of it, we who have been snatched as a brand from the burning, we who have been taken from, from death and have been given the gift of spiritual life and the everlasting love of the everlasting God, we want to do what pleases the Lord. Brothers and sisters, there's no such thing as a Christian who does not want to please the Lord. Christians will go against what we know to be right and Christians will, 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 will fight against the desires of the flesh. And we will pursue those things that are according to our corrupt nature rather than our renewed nature. But at the end of it, there is no such thing as a Christian who does not desire to please the Lord. And truly, putting off the old man, putting on the new, is because we recognize, and this is part of being in the light, being children of light, we are enabled to see more and more the darkness that remains and the impact that it has. And it's inconsistent with what we really desire because at the end of the day, we desire to please our loving Heavenly Father. And it is that motive that motive that, that springs out of gratitude for the fullness of God's grace that he's given to us in Christ. 
is the reason we say no more. We say more and more to unrighteousness. We'll say no, and we consciously more and more seek to do what pleases the Father. Because at the end of the day, we desire our Father to be pleased with us because we have been saved by him. And so we desire to please God. Paul says a lot of things in this chapter. He goes on to talk about what it means to now discern the will of the Lord in the world in which we live. And he reminds his readers uh, that therefore we are to uh, to not take part in fruitful, uh, unfruitful works of darkness, but rather we are to discern the times and we are to redeem the time and all of it is so that we can please the Father. Here's what we were. We were darkness. Here's what we are. We are light in the Lord. Therefore, our duty is to walk as children of light. And what that means is to be able to consciously recognize and consciously pursue what's good, what's true, and what's right. And the reason we do it is because we want to please the Father. I pray that that's your desire as well. Amen.